Welcome back to another episode of George in the Jungle. I'm Aaron Smith, joined as always by George Vogel as we cover your week in Cincinnati sports. This week was one that I think all of us would like to forget, but this show brought to you as always by Bearcat Journal. George, I don't know that there's a sadder city in all of sports in this country after this weekend than Cincinnati. It was a brutal weekend. I should go Absolutely. in and get I should put my FC Cincinnati jersey on shouldn't I? because they want your kit. Everybody, <laughs> whatever the heck that means. Yes, my kit. but I don't have the socks and I, I don't think I have the shorts either. Um, but I do have a jersey. Uh, God bless them. They were kind enough to give me that when I retired. They were they were more than kind to me. I, I, I was blown away by what they did. Um, and I'm trying to avoid getting to these losses this weekend. So I'll talk about yeah. <laughs> stuff. Have, like you, that. have you gotten to pull the sword out of this? Have you gotten to pull the sword out of the stone at FC? Oh, no, no, I'm not that special. Are you kidding? Okay. That Lance and those guys. Um, I, uh, but, but I mean, this weekend, by the time that Bengals game was in the third quarter, ironically enough in Nashville, I'm thinking back to that night in Nashville when Xavier fans and UC fans were dumbfounded when both lost as, you know, high seeds in the NCAA tournament after leading, you know, actually sizable leads in those games. And both of them, you know, snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. Way to bring up more uh, depression, George. Yeah, Way to bring up. I'm trying to think back to, like, <laughs> weekends where, you know, you're like, why do I do this? Why do I follow the – but you follow those teams because of stuff like this, because there are lows – there are times you're down and you're like, my God, why do I bother with this? Why am I a fan? Well, you're a fan because, you know, there are going to be bad times and there's going to be good times and good times will come back around. And that's what makes it worth it. I mean, if you want all the time, I remember once I, I was back in probably, I don't know when this was, but I felt bad for New England Patriots fans because the Patriots were just bad all the time. And I'm like, how would that feel to be there? And then they get Tom Brady and they never lose. Well, you know, if you're always winning, you know, then just the slightest, a cousin of mine who lives in Columbus one time told me, and this was quite a few years ago, that when Ohio State suffers a first loss, he's done for the season, not watching anymore because they're probably not going to win the championship, uh, national championship. So what point is there to keep watching? Well, I don't want to get to that point. I, I want to know that, you know, yes, you want your team to have a chance. You want them to win every game. But you don't, you know, you, you want to celebrate the highs because you've had those lows. And sometimes when it's always highs, they're not highs anymore. So that's what I look at this weekend. I'm painting a silver lining that everybody's got a low and the highs will come and they'll be that much higher because – this weekend, quite frankly, just sucked anything you can think of. Just well, throw it out there. It sucked this. It sucked that. It was bad. Let's go back to Friday night where uh, your Cincinnati Bearcats lose in their first away game in the Big 12. Uh, now the third straight loss, second straight loss in conference. And they lose 35-27 in Provo, a game that statistically was – Cincinnati dominated, except on the scoreboard. Um, 
doesn't make much sense when you look at this team putting up almost 500 yards in offense. Uh, but and, and honestly, the, the final score probably is closer than maybe it should have been. Uh, but yeah. in any case, uh, 35-27 is your final there as BYU wins. Uh, they're the only team of the new four teams in the Big 12 with a win currently as uh, UCF lost in epic fashion. Houston has not yet won a game in conference either. And Cincinnati remains undefeated as well. Uh, BYU getting their only win against a, another new team in the Big 12. So no, no, no big, no new Big 12 team has beat a former Big 12 team yet. Right. Um, and it will happen. Could happen, uh, you know, after the bye at Nippert Stadium. Sure. Uh, but who knows what the heck Iowa State is. Good, good luck figuring that team out. <laughs> <laughs> but with UC on Friday night, and you're right, you look at those team stats and you go down and you, it's like, how did they lose? How did they lose? Well, they lost because there were two big, big mistakes in sure. that game. And I will tell you there were three. Um, you know, of course, the pick six. That 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 was horrible. I I I almost feel bad for Emory Jones because, you know, he kind of read the play right. And it's like he's watching the other. He's like seeing man defense. Well, this joker thinks he's playing zone and he lets his guy go and just sits there. And that's where he's throwing leaving the other crosser across the field. That guy, it just. D Wiggins falls on the play as well. Yeah. I mean, it was just bad luck all the way around on that play. Um, And and poor Emory. I mean, everyone was like, and myself included, you know, I'm like, my God, I I got to the point where I almost gave up on that guy. And then he turns it around and starts hitting guys and making runs. We'll get a little more to that later, but the pick six, obviously the Braden Smith getting the hand on that punt when he should have just run to the locker room once that thing bounced in front of him, get the hell away. Nothing good's likely to happen, and nothing good did happen. And also, my, my third thing is just that 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 drive by BYU right before the half yeah. drove me up a freaking wall. I thought, now look, the first play, UC's defense, I think they rushed three guys. They may have rushed four, but it, it was it was no more than four. I think it was three. And they get the pass completed, all that. Okay. Then there's a pass interference. Then on the touchdown play, then then, then we decide, okay, we're going to blitz, 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 blitz. And, you know, they get beaten at blitz, and, and the guy throws the ball to a wide-open receiver, a miscommunication, yes. But I'm wondering, at what point when you're down there and there's a compressed area and you're – I'm not sure they were in the red zone, but they may have been right around the 20. Um, you got to help those DBs. I'm sorry. We've seen it, and we've seen it, and we said they need help. That that, And I know you try to help by rushing the passer and getting that. But as much as you see blitzed and they have no sacks in that game, and then the blitz in that situation bugged the ever-living crap out of me, and that guy was wide open, and I think you've got to give – that defensive backfield help. I, I don't know how you feel about it, but I'm not feeling that's a strength of the team right now. Am I right I mean, or am I wrong? I, I I have been very vocal about the offensive line being a weakness on this team, and I, I think that secondary is, is just as bad on the defensive side of the ball at this point. So why uh, the hell do you not help them when you're down there in the red zone? Why do you bring the house on that play? 
I mean, okay, let's say you get a sack. Maybe you get him out of field goal range. I don't know. That bugged me. I'm sorry. I, it bugged me. I guess I'm I'm kind of confused as to why you changed anything up than what you were doing prior to that drive when you had held Keaton Slovis to two yards the right. entire first half. Correct. Two yards. And There's I, no I, reason. Their, their rushing yards were bad, too. It was like nine yards or something. Why? It, was, it was unbelievable. Why reinvent the wheel at that point and, and start doing things that you had not been doing the entire game and they just carved you up? It, it was crazy. It's like there was panic somewhere. And I, I I don't know. It just felt like there was panic somewhere on that drive. And I don't know if it was with the players. I don't know if it was in the booth upstairs. I don't know where it was. But that was uh, that bothered me a lot, too. So there were three yeah, you look really big errors. And, you know, the first drive coming out in the second half for BYU, that was no peach for the UC defense either. Throw those two out and, hey, well, game by the defense. For at, the, at the end of the at the end of the half, you lost the lead. You lost momentum going into the locker room. And then BYU comes out and actually scored on both of their next drives. Yes, they did. After the first half. So all of a sudden you've got touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. When yeah. You had held them to no offense none to speak of you had i know three three and now honestly so byu ends up with 35 14 of those were on mistakes that you know yeah. you can't hang on the defense mistake those on turnover sure. we talked about that was the only problem with the defense in that game other than those sacks i don't know how you, you've got that front seven and maybe that front seven and what i thought it was going to be you know i certainly know the godfather's what i Thought he was going to be. I think that defensive line's pretty good still, and and they certainly did a hell of a job against the run for the most part, except one of those touchdowns that 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 LJ dude with that touchdown that broke that that missed tackle that drove me nuts too. I mean, there was a missed tackle on that that just and maybe a couple, but boy, there was one. You can't have that. You can't have. That's why you lose games. The the touchdown that went to the wrong receiver. Was that one blew my mind? Yeah, that was insane. Uh, for, that was for, insane for BYU to score that uh, the the long touchdown to um, Chase Roberts, fifty nine yards that was actually thrown to the other receiver. It reminded me of that play against Pitt where you had the the quarterback for Pitt just chucking it up into the air, yeah. and all of a sudden there's a receiver under it. Uh, same thing kind of happened with with Slovis here, and and. It goes. I, I didn't. I when it happened, I was so mad, and there was probably a dent in the couch from the remote. Um, <laughs> I was mad because there was another blitz on that play, and I'm like, "How many times is this going to happen?" But then when you go back and look, and a buddy, a guy texted me that was a fluke play. It was a yeah, play. yeah, it was a fluke play, and, yeah. and it just. Yeah, it, it just was. Uh, you you got to play well enough that you know there's going to be fluke plays you can't you got to play well enough that fluke plays aren't going to beat you and uc didn't friday night i mean they had a lot of great things and if you look at that stat if you look at those stats down the way they kicked their butts out there yeah uh, but as as satterfield said after the game and he said he told us i mean you can extract a handful of plays in every football game and you know, what it could have, should have, yeah, what a change. But you can't do that. I, I have some trivia for you, George. Uh-oh. We discussed this last night uh, on the BVP, and I'm guessing it's a stat you, you don't know yet. So I want let, – let's play a game. 
All right. Where do you think the Cincinnati offense ranks in first downs on offense in all of college football? First downs in all of college football. I should probably know this, but I'm going to say, given the EKU game and what we saw the other night, I'm going to say they're in right around 50 percentile. It's probably more than that, come to think of Oklahoma game. Um, top 40 percent. Top 20 percent. Bottom 20 percent. Wrong way. Top 10 percent. Top 5 percent. Number one, how in the hell are you possible? How do you sit here at two and three and you're number one in first downs? How? And you're so bad in the red zone. I guess that's how. You're really good between the 20s, but after that, you're not so good. Well, the other thing I said last night is, unfortunately, you know what? Teams that have a lot like that many first downs, what it says, no big plays. No explosive plays. Right. You're having to move the ball 10 and a half yards at a time. Correct. And therefore, the margin for error becomes less because, because you're running. Hurt. Convert. When you look, convert. they're running, they're averaging almost 80 plays a game. That's insane. Like, but that is that's insane. why is because they're having to do it so methodically. Right. And what happens when you have to do that? Eventually, there's going to be a second, a yes. a second and nine. There it is. turns into a, a third and nine. And, and now is. you're well, off do you six. Like, what the hell's going on? Do you need more throws downfield? I don't know that you necessarily can do that. I don't know what. But, but and, and they've got a week off to figure that out. And yeah. I will say this. Given a new staff, given new players, I don't want to make excuses. But this is how it works. Now they've seen these guys with live bullets. Now they can figure some stuff out. You know, it's one thing to be at higher ground. It's one thing spring practice. You get, but when you get in there and it's live action and you got tape of your guys on live action, week to week, buy a week. Stuff, but this is a good opportunity for them. And, and, and I remember at Louisville, Coach Satterfield had a similar situation last year and turned it around when they had a little time to work on it. And we'll see if he can do it again. That, that's that's that stat blows me away, though. But that's uh, you know as much crap as as Emory Jones has taken here. At the same time, and again, Friday night, I'm I'm guilty. I'm sitting there and I'm texting people, going, "He may not be as good as I thought he would be because he looks the part. He's athletic." And the minute I text that, that dude's making runs. He's taking hits. He's throwing dimes. He's doing everything you want your quarterback to do. He looks so darn good at times. Um, and, and I don't yeah. know, you know, chicken egg, offensive line, what the hell's going on. But uh, I don't think that's – I don't think they're at a point where you think about a quarterback change or anything like that. I think Not that's – close. The, the one thing I'm going to say, and then I'll, I'll head out, um, we talked about this last night as well. Like to me, it's the little the little things that we don't talk about, like the play before the interception. He missed a fifty yard gain down the sideline. Yeah, he had a guy two steps open. If he drops it in the bucket there, yeah, he's he's running. Xavier Henderson <laughs> is running. 
down the side. And that's, it's the little stuff like that, the consequences of not making the play. Like players have to make plays. Emery has to make that throw down the side. He cannot put it three yards over the receiver and two yards out of bounds. Right. He had no chance. Right. There was no ability to make a play on the ball. And what happens is when you don't make a play, it feels like every time the other shoe drops. Like, oh, you didn't make the play. Well, well how are you going to get another game? He missed. He missed a a, a long pass, and then it and went then the other way. Was so that the Miami game? Or the, I think I that think was, it was. Game. I think it was. Yeah, and so, that just makes it. It goes from right. bad to doubly bad. Right. When when you have the opportunity at this level to make that play. Have to make that play. Yes, we do. And that's, you know, I felt that way in that Miami game, and I get it. A couple things, you know, happened where the the connection wasn't made, but that that tells me, and I, you know, again, people are going to just crush me, but they're close. They're close. Um, When you look at those stats and all that stuff, it's not the end of the world. And some of my dearest friends, they want a coaching change. Are you kidding me? First of five all, games in. You're five games in. You can't Look, do that. Here's, here's, a, here's how I would respond to that is the fact that, again, bringing up the other new Big 12 teams, all of those guys have been here, been in their situations for seasons, plural. Right. Gus right. Malzahn, not looking great at UCF right now, and he's got a championship on his belt. Yep. Uh, national championship, not just a conference championship. Um BYU's coach. He's been there, I believe, since 17. Um it's been there a while now, yeah. And and uh Houston, Dana Holgerson. We're all familiar with Dana Holgerson. Right. We we've seen plenty of him. So it, those should be teams that are very concerned. Not well, I'll tell you this. The same people saying that now said the same thing about Luke Fickle during his first year. Right. He ain't the answer. This is looking terrible. He right. goes to the Navy and flat out got run out of a Naval Academy. And, and, you know, after that season, it looked pretty darn good. In fact, the best stretch in UC football history. So uh, I'm not saying that that's what's going to happen here with Coach Satterfield, but you cannot, you cannot, after five games, uh, make a determination on which way your program is headed under the new guy, especially when in this day and age, I mean, you have the transfer portal and just stuff's going everywhere. All this stuff has happened in the last year and a half to two years with the portal and right. and, and NIL and all. I mean, everyone's grasping at straws. You know, it's not like Alabama's a world beater right now. I mean, everyone's just like, you, you got to like let things settle a little bit. And you got to give this guy a chance. So some silver linings that I wanted to point out, uh, Emory Jones, 256 yards on a 23-37 day. Obviously, we know the pick six early on. Outside of that, though, he went for three touchdowns, also 14 rushes, 94 yards, so a grand total of 340 all-purpose yards there. Uh, I don't hate any of that. Uh, 47 uh, rushes on the day for the Bearcats, 242 yards. Personally, I'd like to see some more miles. Uh, I think that Corey serves a purpose, um, but i I would like to see their touches 
it's me being a little nitpicky at 19 and 12, but I'd like to see Miles probably take some touches from Corey um, until somebody really can emerge as a home run hitter um, outside of EKU and uh, the long run that Corey had at Pitt. There's not been a ton that Corey's done. He's averaging, I think, somewhere around four yards, whereas Miles um, is averaging an entire yard more than him on the season thus far. Um, and then Shimon Mateer had a hell of a game. That second touchdown yeah. grab was phenomenal. But for him to have two touchdowns, would have loved to be able to go back and call this the Shimon Mateer game where Cincinnati wins. But I don't, I don't know that anybody wants to look back and be like, this was the Shimon Mateer game. But you, you lost, so. Right, but he's breaking out. It looks like becoming the guy that we thought he was going to be when they recruited him, and and he's looking really good. And I would point out also, um, you know, the Kiner-Montgomery thing, they they both played very well. The running game looked pretty darn good for the most part, and Kiner's very, uh, very consistent. Um, I like both those guys. I think it's a great one-two punch, and then the the older guys – come in and, and do their job as well. I guess uh, Ryan's a little dinged up right now. but Yeah, well, um, when he's not, you have to bring him in at punt return. I don't want to see any more Braden. And I'm going to give you this about Braden, and I, I agree. I, 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 I don't know that that's his thing. Might be time to make a change there. I, I can agree with that. Give that kid credit for being mentally tough enough. Yes. He got back in that game, made plays, that touchdown grab, you know, with under a minute to go or whatever it was, hell of a grab by that kid. He was He's out still electric in his butt trying to make up for that mistake. I and in fact, the whole team played right to the bitter end. Um, you still want to find ways to get Braden Smith the ball. I just don't think punt return is one of those ways at this point. Yeah, well, I I can't argue that after what we saw Friday night. I, I in fact, I won't. I, I would agree with you. Um, but I, I give that kid credit for mental toughness and sticking yeah. in there and making that kind of play. That uh, Look, it's easy to make a mistake like that, and your head is lower than whale dung. But guess what? His wasn't. He went out there and did something about it. I give the kid credit uh, for doing that. Um, what else do we see here that I saw? Well, no, we talked about, you know, Work to do during the bye. We know what they've got to work on. I mean, obviously they move the ball, but you got to finish. Um, and, and that first down stat is pretty darn impressive. But you've got to get some explosive plays here and there. And as Chad pointed out, you can't miss those open receivers down the field. I, I would almost say that if he hits that play and that takes that pick six off the board and you see gets down in the scoring zone if not a touchdown, and then you take that one in the Miami game, those two plays could have made the difference between two losses, and instead they could be sitting here, uh, you know, with two wins and be sitting at four and one. That's how crazy the game of football is. Yep. Um, I don't know. It, even looking at third down, nine of 18 this week, 50% yeah. on eight, 18 third downs, which is yep. absolutely insane. You had two drives of over – one drive of 14 plays – one drive of 17 plays, and those were both scoring oh, that, drives. That, you know what? Another stat I need to look up um, on UC, time of possession, my God. They dominated Friday. I've got um, it here. Certainly Oklahoma, they had to have been pretty darn good in that game. Now, that doesn't always tell the story, but um, when, when, when you're dominating time of possession like that and you've got a, a bit of a running game, with the quarterback and, and the running backs UC has, 
You should be putting some games away. Uh, time of possession. Where's it at here? I know they dominated Friday. I believe they won it against Oklahoma. And, and probably 35, yeah. 3501 to 2459. Um, also on their, on their, uh, I think they are also top five in the country in time of possession. Yeah. I mean, you look at Miami, obviously, KU, Oklahoma, and the game Friday night. Holy God. And Pitt, I don't know. First half, it seemed like they had the ball quite a bit in that game. Average time of possession for Cincinnati was 255 on their 12 possessions. Um, just a, Crazy, crazy game. Yeah, it, it's uh, so it's not all gloom and doom as much as we think when you're sitting here two and three. You know, am, am I ecstatic? Hell no, I'm not even close to that. I, I'm wondering what the hell's going on with some of this stuff myself, but at the same time, um, there's some good stuff going on, and, and we'll see how they come out and play against Iowa State at the NIP coming up uh, a week from Saturday at noon start. Yeah, uh, I don't, I don't. I don't think the, the bye could come at a better time. You have two straight home games um, coming off the bye, one being Iowa State. So, yeah, I'm all the right. games. Plays this week. I looked up the actual, like, after this week, they are fifth in the country in time of possession. The only teams ahead of them, the only teams ahead of them, Penn State, Air Force, and Army. Shocker. Air Force. And then Ohio University is fourth. Holy God. Right of Iowa State, they lost there. Yeah, and then and then you there's see an interesting fit. thing I, that got me thinking about that with all this NIL and everything, and everyone's like, "Oh my God!" You know, the, the, these conferences and teams in the MAC and, and conferences like that are going to really, really suffer. The MAC's got some good wins this year. All of a sudden, it's like, what is going on? I thought all the MAC players that were good were going to get NIL money you know, at power five conferences, but something's going on. I don't know what it is. I don't know how you put your finger on that, but, um, you know, it's not the poor old Mac. The Mac seems to be doing pretty damn good. Yeah. I don't know if the, the guys at the top are getting dispersed more than they once were. So maybe that's, that's it. It's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, this I is, I, I, I have never, ever, and I don't want to, I mean, Obviously, the NCAA has never seen this. But I've never seen this kind of unstable landscape in the NCAA with uh, with NIL and transfers. And, th and then you don't even know when these guys are going to be eligible when they transfer, you know, if it's a second time. And it's like the NCAA is just like, yeah, this guy gets a pass. Nope, not you. It's almost like random what's going on here. It's crazy to me. I did want to say there is some breaking news. I just got uh, three minutes ago from ESPN. Uh, there is apparently going to be uh, th there was an NCAA Division One council that is introducing proposals to imp implement new NIL rules, and that council meeting is going to conclude on Wednesday. So potentially some new stuff to NIL on on Wednesday that we'll know at that point. I would think there's a lot of ads and coaches in the country that are saying, "Please, let's figure this out." I'd be amazed if. I'd be amazed if any of it actually held up because yep, the I agree. NCAA has not been very successful with uh, getting any of those rules implemented without being overturned by well, courts yeah, of law. It's tough to tell a kid if you know Joe Blow wants to give you a hundred thousand bucks to right. go up at his bar one night. 
You know, what are you going to show? <laughs> should be should be interesting. Um, switching switching gears though to uh, I, do you want do you want to <laughs> do you want to do the Bengals or do you want to do the Reds next, George? We'll do the Bengals. You know why? Because we're going to make a little transition, UC transition to the Bengals game and Josh Wiley. Josh Wiley did. He Josh did Wiley score. Himself a little bit of a game, just two catches. Uh, had a couple of nice blocks in that game. And I think the people in Tennessee are starting to think they might have something. He didn't have the, the best preseason. Obviously, the kid's got good size, good work ethic. Uh, he's a gamer. We, you know, we, we know all about Josh Wiley. And it was so funny when Derrick Henry threw that pass. And I see the I think he turned around spiking or something, and then I see Wiley on the back because I couldn't hear the television. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, oh, that's spelled just like Josh Wiley. I'm like, wait, Josh Wiley's with the Titans. Was that him? <laughs> I, sure yeah, enough. It was him. And he had a catch before that that I guess I missed. Um, but that was funny. That that's good for him. Uh, nice. Not the only Bearcat on that team either, by the way. Uh, Chris Moore had a catch for 44 yards as well, um, if you remember old Chris he, Moore. Yes, he's carved himself out a little career here now. Quite the journeyman. Around a while. Yeah, he has yeah. been around a while. So it was good to see that from a hometown kid. Um, you like that. You don't want the Bengals to lose. Um, but but Josh Wiley might be starting to bust out down there because, like I said, his, his preseason wasn't the greatest. He was kind of uh, an afterthought the first three games, but now he's kind of got their attention down there, and we'll see if maybe uh, he sees a few more targets there. So with that out of the way, now for the real problem, and I'm telling <sighs> you what, something is wrong with the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't know what it is, but there is something that is not right because this virus or whatever it is, isn't just hitting the offense. It's also hitting the defense some. Um, sat, uh, Sunday, you can't say, you know, it's it's hard to hang a whole lot on the defense there when, when you score three points as an offense and you just had historically bad numbers in that game for a Joe Burrow Bengals-led team. Uh, mm-hmm. Historically bad numbers. But there's something wrong, and I, I can't imagine – you, you talk about a team that needs a bye week, that's who needs a bye week. I mean, the Bearcats can use it, but the Bengals could use it too. There's something going on there. I know Joe doesn't have the mobility with the calf and all that, um, but it's like he is a duck in a shooting gallery because this offensive line that has – if you go individually across that line, you're like, okay, 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 okay. But something's wrong collectively. Something is not working. The guards are putting up terrible PFF numbers uh, between Cordell Volson and uh, Alex Kappa on the Kappa, other side. Kappa has a track record of being a damn good player. Now, you know, Volson in the second year, but uh, it's just, you know, you got Alex or uh, Alex, oh my God, Ted Karras, Alex, the, the great uncle of Ted. Ted Karras at center, who I think the world of and I think is a hell of a player mm-hmm. and always has been, you know, Orlando Brown and and he looked like a turnstile on that one play. The guy got outside of him. That's going to happen. But right. it's just like there's something wrong with the Bengals right now. And I don't know, you know, they got off to that crappy start last year, but turned it around pretty quickly. I don't have that feeling that they can push a button and no. 
get it back together all of a sudden. This uh, team's not gonna. This team's not gonna rattle off. This team's not gonna rattle off ten wins. I'm in a row. That, that that's not happening with this year's iteration I of just this. Don't see it either. I don't. And look, we you know, Joe gutted it out. Got that win against the Rams at home. They had to have to not go zero and three. But man, that that was not a pretty sight in Tennessee. And I I don't. I don't know what you do at this point. You can't sit the guy down and and hope he gets healthy, but at the same time, you can't continue this. I don't understand where if you have – I don't think Joe Burrow's even at 50%. I, I think he's he less than – It doesn't look like it. No, he doesn't look like he's driving when he's stepping into a throw. He, he looks like he's struggling there. He doesn't – he can't move back there. So you've called him a sitting duck. The fact that you are – feeling better about your chances to win with Joe Burrow at 50% or less over a guy like Browning coming off the bench tells me, why are you spending money on this roster spot for a guy named Browning? If he's not good enough to be better than 50% of Joe Burrow, then you have to get rid of, you have to cut bait and find somebody who is. Well, they got AJ McCarron. Is he elevated yet? Because if he's not, then Browning is still Taking a spot that is still number two as of the, the, uh, that's unnecessary. Nine thirty six tonight, but we'll I'm, see. Um, unless Joe Burrow has to physically break a leg out there to throw Browning out, and I even then I'm not sure that Joe wouldn't tie something up to his leg and still run out there coming off the bench after coach has told him that he's benched or whatever the hell happened at the end of the game, which is crazy to me that you're getting ready to put in your backup and then he's like, "No, nah, I got this," as has been reported. Um, just. Yeah. A weird, weird situation going on in Cincinnati. I don't feel good about it. I don't understand why if your quarterback is not throwing the ball well, your running back, who is your best guy right now on your offense, Joe Mixon, is running for almost five yards a carry. Why the hell are you only giving him the ball 14 times when you can't fucking throw the ball? Well, I I will tell you. um, Yeah, and I saw that stat and I was shocked, but at the same time, when you you know when you give up twenty one in the second quarter, all of a sudden you gotta you gotta make up some ground. I, you should have been you should have been running earlier though than than you were. Agree. I guess totally agree, totally agree. Um, and, and Joe Mixon has been running hard. We talked about this yeah last week. Running with a purpose, looking good. Really, to me, looks more explosive now than he did as a rookie. I mean, I, he looks like he's got fresh legs all of a sudden. I, he, I don't know that I'd go that far, but but. I think he's looked great. I think he's looked great. Yeah, I, I, I think you got to ride him a little more. I would totally 110% agree with that. And, I, you know, you got to understand Joe ain't Joe right now, and you've got to get that running game going, and you've got some horses up front. I mean, again, individually, every one of these guys is a damn, you know, bolsting the juries out because he's in his second year. But they all have a track record, and they say what you will about Jonah Williams, but he's done a pretty decent job yeah. of tackle for the most part. And and so what the heck's going on? Get that if, running game going early. If you need to build confidence in your front line, what better way to do it than to keep running the ball? And you think that Joe, vocal Joe is not going to be telling his guys, hey, good block, thanks. Right. I think you're crazy because no. he is – probably the most vocal person on this team. Right. And I think he would be more than happy to just keep feeding the beast and let them run the ball and, and win games than what happened at Tennessee. I mean, right now, um, 
what they have? 211 total yards. This is an NFL game where the rules are designed for offenses to take advantage of defenses. And they were held to 211 total yards, 139 yards passing. They're dead last in the NFL in, in yards per game, 236 yards a game. I mean, this is – you're talking about – think of the teams that are bad out there. There's some bad teams in the NFL with some quarterbacks that are very questionable. And and the Bengals are dead last. And and then you flip it over, and it's like they're they're – they're low in total defense too, which I, I you know, I, I think, and I, I came to this conclusion somewhat last week, but more Sunday I'm watching. And it's like, good God, I knew the loss of Bates and Bell was going to be big at safety. Yep. It was going to be big. It's hard to plug and replace those two safety nets because they're both veterans. They know what they're doing. They're both very good. And, you know, Nick Scott has not great. I don't know. And, you know, Dax Hill's in his second year, his first year starting, and, and, and could still be a very good player and, and has made some splash plays. I, I thought mm-hmm. uh, the, the Monday night game, he played very well. Agreed. But he's still in his second year, and he's playing against a new guy with him. And, uh, you know, and quite honestly – the corners haven't played up the par that I thought they would either. That's, they been, really that's been a situation. You also have T Higgins going down with the broken ribs. And I don't know between even when T Higgins has been in and been healthy, Tyler Boyd, I don't know what's going on with these two guys that are looking like shells of the, I don't know if it's because T Higgins is on a contract year. He's worried about, and we know that there's a it's tale as old as time that if you are trying, if you're playing, trying not to get hurt, what happens more often than not is you get hurt because you're not doing things the way that you're accustomed to doing them because you're trying to protect yourself. Uh, as for Tyler Boyd, I don't know what he's doing out there. He looks, I, I don't want to say he looks lost. I don't, I don't know that he just doesn't look engaged in the game, I guess. Well, I mean, he could be moving on next year too. Right. And there's, there's it's and if that's a, territory for the Bengals to have, you know, have this high dollar quarterback and all these weapons and half of them are up in the air and, and you know Joe Mixon now he's playing his butt off but there's a lot of balls in the air right now and you know you want to think these guys come in and they're ready to run through a wall every Sunday but I don't know um I I, I don't know there's something wrong with this team right now and you know, Zach Taylor's got to get a handle on it and figure it out. And who knows? Maybe Joe gets healthy and this all goes away. But what 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 bothers me, and the defense has got to be on the field a lot because, I mean, what were the Bengals? Like two of nine on third down or something? Just something pathetic. Um, I can find out for you. That defense is constantly having to – Two of nine. Yeah. Two of nine. Okay. That defense is constantly having to be on the field and – so that's probably part of it too, but uh, there, there's definitely, definitely something wrong there. We'll see if they can kind of get a handle on this when they go to Arizona. Um, you know, Arizona's one and three. Um, beat the Cowboys in one of the weirdest games I think I've ever like been watching. <laughs> well, it's, how does that happen? 
How does that happen? That's the right. NFL. There's going to be games every week right. where it's like, didn't see that coming. Still can't believe it happened, but I watched it. Um, that was that game. I, I was stymied. It, it was like Dallas was on another planet and didn't care if they were on a football field or not. Um, that was a crazy game. But Arizona, you know, they who'd they lose to? The Niners this week. Niners are a great team. That's a tough team to play. Uh, Arizona's got um, Dobbs, a quarterback, the kid from Tennessee. University. Josh Dobbs, yeah. He was with the Steelers, yeah. So Kyler Murray, he's still out. He's not going to be back for this game. Um, and while uh, Dobbs is completing like 70% of his passes, I think, you know, me to that wall, which is a yard away, is about as far as he throws it, it seems like. His, his average is like five yards or less for completion or something. It's crazy. I'd take five yards and 70% right now. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> there is something to be said for that. I would but, take that in a New York minute right now. I, I do think that, you know, I always look at the numbers on these games, and I didn't look at this Bengals game. I just didn't have the stomach. But what is the spread on this game? Do you have that handy? or I do. Uh <laughs> Like, I, I'm interested to see what Vegas thinks about this because I, I know what I would say. What would you say before I give the actual answer? Pick them. Uh, the Bengals are favored by three. Damn. I may have to put money on Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> no, Arizona is not very good. They're not very But uh, who else they lose to? The Commanders and maybe another, you know, the Giants. You know what Arizona's done, though, that Cincinnati has not? Scored a touchdown in the first half. Cincinnati is the first team since That's 20, since 2019 Jets. The Cincinnati Bengals are the first team through four games to not score in the first half a touchdown in the first half of four straight four, – four games to open the season. And, and, you know, you look at that game the other day and they go right down the field and you're like, hello, this is looking good. It was looking good, right? Sure. And 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 then it stalled, and that one the one that stalled on like the four yard line. Yeah. I'm thinking to myself, yeah, you got to take the points, Zach. You got to take the points, but dang it, the way this team's been going, I mean, but you got to, you're on the, yeah, you got to take the points. But God dang it, hindsight being 2020, <laughs> wish the hell they come for it. Oh my God, it, it's funny what these these sports do to you because. You you can't predict any of this stuff. You think you can. Yeah. You watch it. You you think you can. You can. I mean, really. You just. Can't. I don't. I don't know how the Bengals fix it. I don't know how you fix the offense right now. I don't know how you fix the defense right now. Personally, I would like Zach Taylor to have the playbook taken out of his hands. I don't want him to even give it up. I don't want it to be that good for him to be like, you know what? I I shouldn't do this. I want somebody to actually take it from him. But I don't <laughs> see that. I don't see that happening. No. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens. It ain't pretty right now. It's not pretty. And and as you said, I do not see a run of 10 straight wins coming. No. Uh, no. And, and I'll be honest, last year I didn't either. However, you felt after that 0-2 start and they got going, you're like, this team's damn good. This team, they're good. Um, when I predicted a bunch of wins like that in a row, no, but – I would have predicted a playoff team and a dangerous team come the playoffs last year when they weren't quite in as bad of a situation, but similar. 
I, I don't feel that this year. I just I don't. think I think what you're seeing right now is how much Joe Burrow has made up for what Zach Taylor lacks in play calling. And I think that's possible. That's possible. I mean, don't even think about the year he was at UC and what happened with the touchdown drought. Don't do it. Don't bring it up. Did I bring it up? Maybe I was trying to avoid that. (laughs) What about uh, uh, speaking of NFL? And and, uh, so I'm not interested in this stuff and I don't care about it. I don't, you know where I'm going. I don't Unfortunately, care. I do. Yeah, I, I don't care. But the world seems to be infatuated with this Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey thing. And, and look, I, I don't, I, I can't name a Taylor Swift song. I just can't. I don't have a 15-year-old girl or a 12-year-old. I, I don't. I listen to Jimi Hendrix. I listen to, you know, the Stones. I listen to Black Sabbath. I listen... I listen to a lot of stuff. I listen to Motown. I listen to all kinds of old stuff and current stuff. Not so. I, I don't know. I, I I wasn't sure I knew who Taylor Swift was until they said that was her in the box. Um, so, but what I do find now, now I'm falling into this desperate housewives and Kardashian thing. It's kind of funny to see the Mahomes wife and all of a sudden. <laughs> Taylor Swift shows up, and Mrs. Mahomes is yesterday's news, baby. Nobody <laughs> gives a damn on Instagram. It's just incredible to watch this stuff, and I don't know anything about it. But then I, I, I watched the quarterback series on, I think it was Netflix, and, yeah. and Mrs. Mahomes was a part of that. Um, and, 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 you know, if you watch that and you see Patrick, I mean, my God, I never disliked him, and I always thought he's a hell of a player. I remember his dad as a pitcher. Um, I, I like him a lot more now. I know that's, you know, heresy here in Cincinnati, but good guys are good guys. And his brother can go kick rocks, but I like Patrick. But, but watching this unfold is, is amazing to me, where now she's sitting there in the box and she ain't the bell of the ball anymore. And nobody gives a damn how she reacts to a play. It's all over on this other lady. And this stuff is fascinating. It's so funny. But back to my original love, I really don't give a damn about any of it. It was good to see Travis Kelsey and Sauce Gardner be the face of a Sunday night football game and Cincinnati get all the love. That was cool. And, you know, Sauce is Sauce. He's holding up his end of the bargain. Except for that holding call. Yeah. Yeah. That wasn't good, but... um, the kid's a player, and I'll tell you what, if he ever wants to come back to Cincinnati, I'm all for it. Open arms. Yeah. Our secondary yeah, could probably. sure as shit use some. No help. doubt. Well, hopefully someone figures it out down there at Big Horse Stadium, but um, I'll, I'll look. I, like I said, it's a pick em to me out in Arizona. Hopefully, uh, hopefully they go out there and get it done. So switching gears again, uh, the Cincinnati Red season is officially over as they dropped uh, their last two games to St. Louis um, after just beating them by a football score, nineteen to two. In uh, it'd be a weird football score, but a football score nonetheless. Uh, before the Cardinals answered back with their own at fifteen to six. 
and uh, finishing it up 4-3 against the Reds. And the Reds missed the playoffs after – officially eliminated after that first loss. Yeah, um, Saturday night loss. That bummed me out. I mean, it, it's – yeah. Look, it, it was a long shot we knew going into the final few days. Um, it was a fun team to watch. Um, they almost pulled off the unthinkable to have that many rookies all year long to have a – I mean, you like to call it the the pitching staff put together with what fit, fishing line and tape and rubber bands yeah. or whatever. I don't yeah. chewing gum and kite string and you know anything else putty. Uh, it really was. I mean, they were and, and as things ended, like the bullpen actually did a reputable job for the most part. Certainly not that uh, better than any thing. better than anyone expected. Anyone? Yeah, with with, with what they had in there. So here's the deal on the legs. Um, they've got an off, uh, off season to really do some good stuff and what needs to be done. When you've got the core they have, and I don't know who they trade. Do they trade Jonathan India? What's his value? Is Joey Votto going to be back? I doubt it, but he might be in some. I, I don't know. I'm not totally discounting that. But at the same time, they got some moves of it. I mean, Nick Senzel, does he fit on this squad? What are they going to do? Right. So they've got some stuff that they've got to figure out. And they better they better have some money to blow because attendance at home went up 40%. And there's so, going to be a bigger – they're going to have a higher attendance, I believe, next year unless they completely fall apart early. But their season ticket sales has got to go up. Their corporate sales has got to go up. Boxes have to be worth a little bit more when you've got – the, the, the young guys they have with De La Cruz, McLean, Spencer Steer, even TJ Friedel, CES, those guys, they've got Benson. more to sell. Yeah, Benson. There, there's a guy that, that, you know, they bring in that got – he was an addition that was under the radar, mm -hmm. showed promise, but a former first-round pick, but didn't quite make it. And I, I think injuries had a lot to do with that with him. It seemed like when he was healthy, he did pretty well. Um, he did well this year. I mean, they've got some exciting play. 190 steals, which I think led the all of Major League Baseball and yes. led the league. Um, that's expi that's exciting baseball, and it's back here in Cincinnati. And now you're going to get a full season of that. You know, imagine if this crew they had at the end of the year uh, before the pitching fell apart, but that crew back in April when things kind of were going, you know, a riot, all that until they hit that June 12 game winning streak. Um, they, they've got something to sell. They've got money to spend and they better fix this pitching staff. You forgot to mention how much money they made on the city connect jerseys because that was a huge seller. It oh my like God. I know. I, here, here's how stupid I am, right? I have, I'm not an entrepreneur. I'm not a visionary. I saw those things. I did not like the C. I don't mind the black jerseys. I don't mind. Obviously, I'm wearing a, but and 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 the black and red looks good. But that C almost looked more like a Cleveland C or something. I just didn't like it. George, like, these things you, suck. You and said you like ballistic. You said you like Jimi Hendrix. It looks like something that would have been on the cover of one of his albums. What are you yes, talking about? It look like the wishbone C. I like the wishbone C. <laughs> Of a witch oh, guy when it comes to the Reds, and it looks a little. Other than that, I did like him. My wife loved him. 
first Huge time sellers. Home, I'm like, I don't like these things. That sea sucks. It looks like the Cleveland Sea. I, I, I like the wishbone sea, but but you're right. They made a lot of money with that. They, they did a lot of good. There were a lot of good fan connection things this year. Sure. And some of it was by accident because these young kids are so much yeah. fun to watch. I agree. And, and, you know, do special things. And and so they've got no excuses now. They, they've got to do the best they can to fix that pitching staff. And um, honestly, I, I, I'm stunned that they won 82 games. Stunned. Yeah. After losing 100 last year. So they're 20 games better. Um, that, that's that's a great turnaround, especially, as you said, with all the rookies in there. Um, I, I got to think that, that the sky's the limit for this team. Um, but T.J. Friedel, who I've mentioned a minute ago, my God, he's turned into a weapon for this team, and he's mm-hmm. their best center fielder. There's no reason to think about tinkering with that position in the offseason, in my opinion. I don't think they will. Um, but He's the best center fielder they've had in a decade. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, uh, that used to bug me. Like, there were times in the year it felt like he was getting replaced in center field. And, and another thing. Boy, now you got me going. <laughs> when a, there was a left-handed starter, and they would put somebody else in center, and he's not – he hits left-handers well. He hits them well. <laughs> So does Benson, and they kept tinkering with him, too. I know. Uh, Um, But I don't know. I mean, I'd love to see them bring in another power outfielder, Um, even with a healthy Fraley coming back next season, um, with with Friedel, with Benson, with Spencer Steer out there, um, potentially moving India out in in the outfield if he did that to try and get him some more spots. I don't think you trade India because I think they found out as soon as McLean went down, they don't have depth on this team as it currently exists. I think India, you can't trade India unless you have more depth. And currently, unless they make some signings, which I wouldn't be surprised if for a utility spot or three, they'd scrape the bottom of the barrel like they generally do. But the only way that I give them a pass on that is if they go out and sign roughly two to three starting pitchers because you cannot have enough arms right now, as we found out, especially with these young kids who have not made it through a full major league season they right. finally do and they all fell off every one of them fell off at yeah, the end of the season if they not did. sooner Lodolo and Hunter fell off be- well before the, the end of the season yeah. um so you got to find some guys who are inning eaters straight right. up inning eaters off as well right yeah it, it, you do have to have some innings eaters and, and guys that are at least somewhat reputable and I, I feel like they have an opportunity to go do that uh they've got to and look with these young players, now maybe it's uh, a situation where guys are a little more willing to come here too because sure. we've got some fantastic young position players. Let me run this by you. Given what's happened, and I don't know if you're up on this or not, what would you think about Trevor Bauer coming back now? It's it's a PR nightmare still. I, I think that you, even given everything that we've found out, um, we're – currently still only hearing his side of the story as he's presenting things from her side of the story. The baseball fan in me would love it, but as a humanitarian, I'm still, the jury's still out for me as I don't know that he's entirely cleared everything out because there was still a settlement. I think that's the part that I'm held up on is there was still a settlement of some sort. 
And I and don't I'm know sure what that all was about. Agreed. That's money. That's the part money that me, changed, that's that's the part that makes me very nervous about saying I'm all on board. And I'm especially as a father of a daughter, I don't right. know what happened. I know the things that are coming out on her are not very good, but I don't know how much of this is Trevor Bauer now being able to publicly run a smear campaign potentially and not that his name has not been completely smeared so i don't know what to believe he got suspended 300 plus games by major league baseball and was convicted of nothing i i don't know what to believe at this point and i don't want to side you wouldn't rush into it you really wouldn't uh the reds have a history and certainly people in the organization know him um i just i don't know i was reading stuff last night about this situation I'm like, damn, he was good with the Reds. And and if any of that crap, look, I wouldn't touch him with a 10-foot pole. But now that this other stuff, and it's like, holy God. There were also four accusers. So I don't, and granted, this one is free and clear, but there were three others. So was this a, a people grabbing on the coattails at that point in time? Or is everything, I don't, that's the part it where was, I uh, I don't feel like I know enough. Yeah, I don't either. I don't, but I'll tell you what, my eyes would be keeping an eye on that situation as it unfolds. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I, I also I, wonder how he would gel I mean, here with, I wonder how he would gel here with the new kids as well as he's traditionally been difficult to work with. He's a different cat. He really is. And, and, and when you get him, um, you know, I was in interviews with him, and one of the last ones was out at spring training. And he's an interesting guy. I mean, he'll talk, and he will say stuff, and he doesn't bite his tongue. He tells yeah. you what the heck's on his mind and and, and was pretty much an open book. Um, I don't so think the MLB it, likes him very much. That's a guy out there who was pitching in Japan, I think probably still has it, um, I don't know. That, that's going to be interesting to see because somebody's going to give him a job if this other stuff is settled and he's he's going to get a job again. And in I fact, don't, I don't know. I want that to be. I hope something does stick because I wonder does he go after Major League Baseball? Major I mean, League Baseball hates him. The hell out of that guy, and he was convicted of what? Nothing yet. Right. Interesting. Yep. So I don't know if we've seen Joey Votto as he gets ejected in the final game of the season oh in, his last, in his last that game as the so Cincinnati sad. Red. So not fitting, but at the same time, it would just be, I mean, my God, that's hilarious. And then the way he handled it afterwards, he's like, yeah, I did it. I, I probably should have been wrong. I shouldn't have been doing that. I can't, I can't bark at the umpire from the dugout. That's <laughs> so funny. Um, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen there. This team's going to have a little bit of a different look when it comes to some of these veterans, whether Votto's back, India's back, uh, Senzel, you just go on down the line. It's going to be interesting. You know who should be back in my book without question, and they better sign him as soon as possible, is Luke Maley. I thought he did a damn good job for them behind the plate. Um, I think he was their best defensive catcher. Uh, I, I just think that kid's a grinder. Um and I'm partial because he's a local kid and, and, and my neighbor's really good friends with his family. 
Yeah, Kirk Casale, uh, he'll be a he'll be a buyout guy as well, along with Votto. Um, and happy trails to you. Uh, but you gotta you gotta figure out something else at, at catcher here. Um, yeah, what do they do with Tyler Stevenson then? I mean, is he? I I just mean I'll you're make... gonna have to you're gonna have to have a third option because I don't right. know. Uh, you're gonna if Joey's not here, you're gonna have an opening at first base, and I think that's potentially where you slide Tyler Stevenson so he's not crouched down and all that. Um, we all know we, we've seen some injuries here, um, not necessarily with Stevenson, but just with catchers over the years. As and he seems to be one of those guys that's prone to injury, um, as we've seen with whether it be the concussions, whether it be such some of the fluke accidents. Um, but and then, I don't know. And then you know, we didn't even mention Noelvi Marte, who finished with a 16-game hitting streak. And Which crazy. Talk about a dude that looks like a player. And he finally found his power. Yeah. I mean, they they are on something here, and they can't screw this up this offseason. So no. we'll keep an eye on that. We'll see. Going to have to bring in – they're going to have to bring in some veteran presence of some sort, um, I think, in both the bullpen and and in and on the field, whether that be uh, starters, whether that be bullpen right. pitchers, whether that be – Well, they better um, get some veteran starters. I, I'm sorry. I, 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 I like a lot of what they have with the youth, but you got to have a hammer or two there that's been there and done that, and hopefully they can go out yeah. and get them. You can't, you can't run out. Green, Lodolo, Ashcraft, Abbott, and fill in starter five, whether it be Phillips or whoever, and hope right. that that and hope that that's going to get you through 162. Yeah, no, that's stupid. That that okay. that that would be stupid. I mean, I have no problem with Phillips starting in AAA. Um, I think Abbott, in AAA. I think Abbott's, you know, but but it, well, it depends. If you're bringing in two guys, are you going to keep Abbott over Ashcraft, or are you going to keep? Well, I'm hoping Lodolo's healthy. Well, or is. I've heard people say that maybe Lodolo slides into the bullpen. Uh, so it, we'll, we'll see. And that's a possibility. Uh, that's definitely a possibility. So they need to give themselves those kind of options instead of leaning on guys who I wouldn't call them question marks, but are, are unproven at the MLB level. That haven't gone through 162 Correct. without, without injury. Correct. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, FCC. Uh, they win a shield. They win a shield. I don't know anything. The supporters' shield. There it is. I don't know anything about that. They have clinched the most points in the league, Eastern Conference, Western Conference. That's a big deal. The more this team was uh, to do that, and, and, you know, I wasn't sure. You know, they made the playoffs last year, won a playoff game in, in New York, and then lost to Philly at Philly. Damn good team. So you felt pretty good that they were going to take the step and, and be a little better this year, but they were a lot better. They were a lot better. And they even fact, sold their best guy halfway through the season, right? Yeah, they sold yeah, him off to Europe. Off he went. Um, but, you know, Luciano Acosta, who I always felt like was a darn good player, and I always felt like this guy, I mean, I know he's this big, but God dang, he's everywhere. And, and, He's been a, a proven commodity for them, and I just never felt like – I wouldn't say they didn't give him the respect. He just didn't get the the play that a guy – I don't know. He's going to be the league MVP probably. I mean, there's three matches left. Um, and, and if they win all three of those, they tie the league record for most points in a, in a season in MLS history, which is – you know, I say MLS history. What's it been, 27 years, something like that, 28 um, but still, that's a big freaking deal. That's a Correct. big deal. 
correct me if I'm wrong. I heard something about the supporter shield because again, I don't know anything about soccer. Uh, this, this trophy doesn't actually go to the team. It goes to the fans and it travels to different fans. Apparently. Yes, and... That's, that's, that's the way I understand it. Yes. That's a new one on me, but that's kind of cool that they do that. Very that's interesting. Very cool. And I'm, I'm yeah. sure the people. I'm sure the people of the Bailey are going to enjoy the shit out of that. Oh God, that thing's going to be in every bar all over the city before it's all said and done, as it should be. And 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 that's very cool. I mean, I don't know. You know how they do the Stanley Cup with the players, and they pass yeah. that around, and it ends up in neighborhoods, and and that's really cool. Um, that, that's very cool. I got to. Hopefully, I can see that supporters' shield somewhere. Hopefully, it makes it out to my kids' bar, but. Um, I, I got to drink out of the Kelly Cup a couple times for the ECHL championship, which I, that was cool. As crazy as it sounds, there was something fun about hoisting that cup and taking a drink out of it. So that's really cool. They, they've they've done a great job and what they've done, and and I just I'm really happy. They they've got a great stadium. They've got home field now. Um, you know the fans have turned out from day one, which shocked me shocked me i thought here we go another soccer team another minor league team in cincinnati good luck but they did it right from the ground up they really did and 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 before they did anything they went out and got these soccer groups and got these different fan organizations to support them and come in and go all in and make this push and man from the time i first heard they were going to have a team at nipper and try to make a go of it into now. And it's been less than a decade, I guess, or, or thereabouts. Uh, kudos to them. Yep. Kudos to them. Got three more Couldn't. matches. They got one tomorrow night. Uh, boy. And it's funny. They still have something to play for, which is interesting, you know, trying to tie that league record. But they need three wins to do it. Couldn't have, done it with, couldn't have done it without Nippert and Clifton. Um, That's right. Tell us about the uh, the games that you're going to be watching at the high school level, and we'll get us out of here, George. Okay. Well, first in the East, Eastern Cincinnati Conference, you got uh, Milford and Winton Woods. Um, you know, Winton Woods losing to Anderson two weeks ago, gutted out a 13-12 to 12 win against Kings. Milford undefeated in that conference. This is an epic matchup. And as much as I think and, and Anderson beat Winton Woods, that's going to be an interesting playoff matchup. Uh, Milford and Winton Woods, that could they, they could be seeing each other again down the road too. Alter at Baden, okay. Alter's from Dayton. What are you doing, George? Well, Baden seven and zero. Alter, I think they're five and two or something. Uh, the Rams have a chance to win the the state title. They really do. They have been dominant, wow. dominant. They've got some good experienced players. That's a game in K Northern Kentucky. Newport versus Newcalf. Um, neither team's having the greatest of years. Um, not horrible, but that's always a battle when you have that. Bellevue plays Dayton. That's another neighborhood rivalry. And uh, Chad's undefeated Lloyd Juggs at Pendleton County. And the Juggs. Fight on, juggernaut. Fight. <laughs> Carry on to victory. The Juggs will be 8-0, I'm predicting. that That's. You know, I'm looking at all these numbers and stats and everything. Actually, I'm just looking at the Jugs seven and zero. They've been really good, uh, and and we've got the we've got to think about that game. Is that next week, Chad? I I think so. Yeah, the the that Friday night. 
all right, I, I'm in if, if we're going. You keep thinking yeah. about it and we'll go down there. Do they grill food down there? I'm sure they do. They always did. Like, I haven't been in a while and I haven't seen the new setup because everything there is new now. They redid oh, like the track, that. the yeah. visitor press box. Like, they redid the whole facility. So, I think they still grill burger like burgers That's okay. and dogs. If they the just have popcorn or corn dogs, I'm fine. I, come on, it's Lloyd. You know they're you know they're gonna cook it up. You know it's gonna be all right. <laughs> all right. We will talk about that. All right. All right. So that's yeah, that that that's it for high school football. Uh, I know last week I talked about that molar elder game. I thought that was gonna be a barn bar- molar just oh my god. I was surprised by that. Not the molar won, but that they kind of boat raced them a little bit. And uh, Zach Edwards, one of the coaches at Moeller, um, he, he's been joining us uh, starting this past week uh, on, on our Thursday night show, former Bearcat. So. Right, right. Good man. Good to see. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for another episode of George in the Jungle. Thanks, as always, to my co-host, George. But for him, I am Aaron Smith. Thanks to Chad for popping in with his little – bits and pieces but we will see you next tuesday no more no more reds talk for a little while but uh hopefully the bearcats and bengals can turn it around to where we have some maybe some more good things to talk about but we'll see you tuesday nine o'clock next time go jugs <laughs>